I'm John Worsey, and this is Life Solved, the podcast that lifts the lid on how ideas and innovation from the University of Portsmouth are changing our world. This time, when you think of bacteria, do you think of germs, hygiene, illness? Probably. It is difficult not to focus on the bad because, of course, we don't want the bad to happen. But one researcher here at Portsmouth is taking a closer look at a pathogen that might be doing some mysterious good in our ecosystems. We know of hundreds, thousands, millions of different types of bacteria, but less than 5% of those are what we would traditionally call bad bacteria. I think it's vitally important that we get the message across of the good because we know that taking away bacteria can have negative implications afterwards. Christina Scott is taking another look at Legionella. Christina Scott is a teaching fellow in microbiology here at the University of Portsmouth. But her path into studying bacteria came from looking for it in some of our most important everyday environments. I've been at the university for several years now. I joined as a senior technician in microbiology. And prior to that, I had been working in the water testing industry. Although you and I might tend to judge water quality on how clear it looks, that's a misconception. Yeah, water testing is really interesting because we see water and my favourite thing is when friends will say, oh, it looks clean. It does look clean. We can't see bacteria. So that's why it's really important that we are able to test in the lab to find what is there that is unseen. What we see as clean water isn't always necessarily clean. Seeking a lack of bacteria in drinking and bathing water may have been where Christina started but it was searching for it that brought her to Portsmouth. Her work in a private environmental company would lead her back to the lab where her passion lay. I always knew from a very young age that I wanted to work in a lab. Microbiology is the study of microbes, bacteria being one of those. I initially did a degree in marine biology at the University of Portsmouth. And that was where my interests as a, a young 18-year-old led. Following university, I started working for the Water Board and their water testing lab. And that's really where I found my home. It was the experiments that I really enjoyed doing. And I had a fantastic time there looking at bathing water. We know that we don't want bacteria in our drinking water, but we know that we do find bacteria in, t in the sea, in our bathing water. Our sewage treatment plants process water, but eventually some of that does end up to sea. So we have bathing water, European Union have bathing water regulations that determine the acceptable levels of bacteria. So I was involved in testing those over the bathing water seasons and being able to provide our clients with indications of how suitable their bathing water was. Working in water testing, we were testing drinking water, recreational bathing water, and quite often we didn't want to find anything. Coming into the university, it was really exciting that then I was able to spin that around so I could then be more excited about what we find. We find bacteria absolutely everywhere that we look. I'm interested in waterborne bacteria, so that's bacteria that live in our water. 
we wouldn't expect to find any of that in our drinking water, which is brilliant for us. But if we were to go and take a sample from a pond, a river system or the sea, we would find hundreds of different types of bacteria there. And really interestingly, there'd be bacteria in those water sources that we're not able to culture in the lab, but we know that they're there because of their DNA. But even us, we can't culture those in the lab. But yeah, water looks clean. We'll pick up seawater. Um, we don't see the bacteria. Uh, it's a life unseen, essentially. We are able to culture those in the lab and find out what they are, what their purpose is of being there. It's not something your average sunny day bather or water sports enthusiast might like to think too much about. But the levels of bacteria in our seas and water systems is what really lights Christina up. It's the purpose of that life unseen that captures her imagination as a scientist. Just what kind of hidden potential might these tiny organisms harbour in everyday ecosystems? I think there's that common misconception that bacteria is germs. It, it's bad. But I was able to start looking at that data and interpreting those results and looking at what the bacteria was there for and how that was helping the clients. What do I like about science? What draws me in is I want to fly the flag of all of the things that have been misunderstood. Determined to confound what we already think we know, Christina's been building an interesting new collection for her lab here at the university. So I have an incredible array of green bottles in my lab. They look like wine bottles, but these are my mini seawater microcosms that fill my laboratories at the moment. I've been taking samples from the Solent. I've been taking those from near wastewater treatment plants and then also from further away. And what I'm doing there is I'm building a collection of Legionella species. And then what I aim to do with those Legionella isolates I will be making my own seawater in the laboratory. So making different concentrations of salt and seeing how those isolates behave, seeing whether they can survive, seeing whether they do replicate, looking at the survivability. That's right. Christina's been building her very own Legionella Zoo. You may have heard of this bacteria from the disease it made itself a name for. So Legionnaire's disease, we discovered that uh, in 1976, the American Legion had a convention and shortly after a number of attendees of the convention became unwell and subsequently died. So it was a large investigation to find out the causative agents of what had caused this to have happened. And it took around a, a year to discover the new bacteria Legionella pneumophila. So the causative agent of Legionnaire's disease. And it's a fatal type of pneumonia. So it doesn't clinically represent itself any different from another pneumonia caused by another bacteria. We're all susceptible to contracting Legionnaire's disease, but it's more susceptible to those that are immune compromised or in higher risk groups. Serious, serious stuff. But Christina's hope is that she'll find some hidden and benevolent depths to this bacteria. Yes, my current research, I'm looking at Legionella. I've spent a good number of years in my previous job to the university 
making sure that people didn't have Legionella in their water systems. Our water systems are regulated to check for Legionella bacteria. But I've always had an interest in the environment from starting in marine biology. So it made me think, what's Legionella doing in the environment? We know that Legionella is a freshwater bacteria, but we had started seeing Legionella DNA in seawater. So my research is focusing on how well Legionella survives in seawater. And I think that's really important. Legionnaire's disease is contracted through us breathing in aerosols that contain Legionella bacteria, which is how it's infiltrated our water systems to become a pathogen. We know that seawater has aerosols, so could there be potentially a health risk there? But even if we don't find there is a health risk there, what is Legionella doing in the seawater? We know that it's a freshwater bacteria, so has it found a new home in the seawater as well? Is that possibly a consequence of us maintaining our water systems and therefore flushing the water away to our seawater? So that's really my goal and that's where my research is at the moment. Christina's been carrying out her experiments by collecting samples of seawater from different locations with the hope of isolating different Legionella varieties to study. Legionella is a very difficult organism to isolate in the laboratory, which is why it took so long to identify that as the causative agent back in 1976 in the what we think is the initial first outbreak of Legionnaire's disease. It has very specific uh, requirements for growing in the lab, but that doesn't mean to say that it's not as such because we can see the DNA there as well. Legionella has a biphasic life cycle, so that means two stages of the life cycle. It has a dispersal phase where the cells are just floating around in the water. And while they're floating around in the water, they're essentially looking for a host organism in which to replicate. In the environment, we know that they um, replicate within protozoa or amoeba, so little animals bigger than bacteria. They use those essentially a little bit like a parasite. And that's how the Legionella has become an opportunistic pathogen. The way that it replicates in the amoeba in the environment is the same way that that replicates deep within our lungs as well. But what I find interesting is I do think that potentially Legionella does have a bad reputation we hear Legionella and Legionnaire's disease, and it's all quite bad news. But when Legionella enters us, it does the replication inside us, but then there's no known cases or no likely known cases of Legionnaire's disease passing from one person to another. So at this point, Legionella will, will die. It's at the end of its life cycle, whereas in the environment, it's a circular life cycle. So in terms of thinking, is there a benefit to the Legionella causing Legionnaire's disease? I don't think so. I think that the Legionella has used that opportunity that we've almost provided. We've given it these water systems that have been a, a brilliant niche for it to grow and replicate. And almost by accident, it's caused Legionnaire's disease. So really, my research, I want to focus on what is it doing is there good that it's doing? Can we, can we try and turn around the story of Legionella? 
We know that Legionella pneumophila, for example, the bacteria first associated with Legionnaire's disease, causes 95% of the Legionnaire's disease cases. So the numbers, we say 95, they sound really high, but perhaps Legionella in the environment is doing good. And we just unfortunately focus on the, the negative side of things. But aren't we focused on the negative side of things for good reason? Because of the life cycles she's just explained, Christina says we don't need to be too concerned that we're finding this bacteria in seawater. I don't think there's any need to panic at the moment. We're only just realising that it's there. The majority of Legionnaire's disease cases are attributed to essentially poorly managed water systems, building water systems and not from the environment itself. And that's most likely due to the numbers. Legionella is found in low numbers in the environment. In our building systems, we're giving it all the nutrients, we're giving it the safe harbour in which to grow and in much higher numbers, which we don't find in the environment. But nevertheless, there's no need to panic, but there is that want to find out why, find out what it's doing there, for good or for bad. So in some cases, it's human intervention or even human bodies that are creating environments for bacteria to do harm. Let's look at the positives instead. If Christina's looking to find out about Legionella's good side, what sort of benefits are we talking about here? We know of hundreds, thousands, millions of different types of bacteria but less than 5% of those are what we would traditionally call bad bacteria. Less than 5% are pathogens. But even some of the pathogens that we are aware of, we also know that they do good as well. Potentially, we call those opportunistic pathogens. We know that we have bacteria living quite happily on our skin. They're part of our natural skin biota. But nevertheless, they will seek an opportunity, for example, in a deep cut to enter our body and then cause infection. But that wouldn't mean that we would want to take those away from our skin biota. If we were to take those away, we would see other negative impacts. There's a lot of um, studies done on model organisms, Uh, for example, zebrafish. They essentially have uh, zebrafish with no bacteria and we can see that without the bacteria present there that the good isn't happening the good reasons the what bacteria is meant to be there for that's being taken away have you ever thought about the cultural and social history of bacteria possibly not but being able to consider the positive benefits of bacteria today says a lot for our understanding of science medicine and ecosystems We know that bacteria have been around since the very early stages of life on Earth. And it took obviously many years for us to see what was there because we can't see it with the naked eye. So in the late 1600s, we first discovered bacteria that actually took over several years after that to associate bacteria with disease. So in those first, when we first discovered bacteria, it was a whole new world, a whole new world that nobody had ever seen before. So obviously very exciting. And then many years later, when we start associating bacteria with 
disease. I think for me, that's when we started to give bacteria a bad name because of course it's vitally important to understand bacteria, particularly when it leads to ill health. So in the 1900s, the top three causes of fatalities were linked to bacteria or microorganisms. And with a lot of research and extensive research, we know that now the top three bacteria or viruses don't get into those categories. So how have things changed? I think it is difficult not to focus on the bad because, of course, we don't want the bad to happen. That is essentially very important. I was going to say most important. It's not the most important. It's very important that we understand the bad so we can protect ourselves and the environment. But at the same time, I think for me, I've definitely seen a shift in the last few years on, I guess, public perception of bacteria and viruses, possibly because of the uh, pandemic. I think that there's more education now. For me, the terminology that people use is now so different to what it was only just a couple of years ago. So I think the message is coming across more. We hear about probiotics a lot, and that's something that I think many years ago we knew that that bacteria was helpful, but it doesn't have that good association than it does now. So I think there is a shift in perception. I mean, myself, I fall into the same trap. I have two young daughters, and when they ask what I do, it's really easy for me to say I look at germs rather than I look at bacteria. But I think it's vitally important that we get the message across of the good because we know that by taking away bacteria, it can have negative implications afterwards. So it's crucially important to, to understand everything. And even the bad bacteria, often the way that that has become bad is perhaps through being mishandled, for example. So we know that bacteria are able to evolve far more quickly than we can. They have large population sizes. Uh, they replicate very, very quickly. So every time a bacteria replicates, it's almost an opportunity to evolve in a way. So we have seen in recent years bacteria becoming resistant to antibiotics. And that is potentially something that we have done, but we've done that for a good reason, of course, to protect ourselves. But have we almost sped up that process? But you didn't bank on getting a mini social history of bacteria today. You're welcome. Ultimately, Christina says our relationship with bacteria today comes down to balance and that research like hers can give us deeper insights into the way human activities and artificial systems can tip nature to be good or bad. There's always balance with everything. And I think one of my research questions really is what we do to interfere. Sometimes fixing a problem creates another problem further down the line. So for me with Legionella, we flush our water systems. We make sure our water systems are moving all the time. We don't want stagnant water because we know that Legionella love stagnant water, as do many other bacteria. So we're flushing our water systems. But is that resulting in flushing away some bacteria 
into our environmental sources. So there's a balance there. And I think that for me is why it's really important to understand what is going on and what are the effects of our solutions. We just think of Legionella as bad. And I would really like to see there a day where we, we acknowledge that it has bad, but we also acknowledge and we find out what the good is. So it must be doing something good, otherwise it wouldn't, wouldn't be there. If you'd like to find out more about microbiology and all of our research at the University of Portsmouth, head to our website, port.ac.uk slash research. Next time, we'll be staying in watery worlds as Steve Fletcher gives us an update on how the University of Portsmouth is leading the way in ocean and plastics policy. Follow this podcast on your favourite app so you don't miss it. And if you like this episode of Life Solved, why not share it with a friend and start a conversation? See you next time.